You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Do you always wash your hands after you've been to the toilet? Of course I do. <laughs> you just admitted to me, I'm going to say this on the microphone, that you do not always use soap. Not in my own bathroom at home, no. I'm. I wash my hands every I'm time. I'm disturbed. I use Clearasil face scrub. But sometimes stuff. you don't use that. I'm disturbed. <laughs> you okay. need to come a bit closer. Let's just point out then that you wash your hands about fifty times a day, and that disturbs the That's shit out of I'm me. That's why I'm disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do wash my hands with soap in public. A because I find other people disgusting. So remember, if, if you do meet Sid Talk and she goes to shake your hand, <laughs> think twice. <laughs> think twice about it. Yes. So, if you ever meet me. Because it might have been one of them days she only used water. In my own house. If you come to my house, <laughs> it's very possible. All right. So it's Sunday, November the 6th, 2010, and this is after the show number 150. I bet if you asked a million people, you're going to be very surprised. It'd take me a long time. That not everybody is all germaphobic and shit. They're going to wash their hands, but they're not going to be all freaked out about it. I do not want to shake any of their hands. <laughs> Anyways, you, do, you do more than that with me, so there you go. It's after the show 150, Very halfway romantic. to 300. Halfway to 300. So, okay, um, ask 300 people. Survey says. So uh, the movie this week we're looking at is Night and Day, and that's Night with a K. Uh, and it's a Blu-ray disc. We It's the year of release of this movie is 2010. It actually came out right near my birthday, if I'm not mistaken, because I wanted to go and see it on the cinema. But we did not. We went and seen Predators instead. Um... It's released on Blu-ray on the 30th of November, 2010, so this last Tuesday. It's on Blu-ray, and it's from our friends at Fox. And you, Sid Talk, who doesn't wash her hands properly, is going to tell us we all about... We didn't even talk about our pre-discussion. That was it. About no, it wasn't. Poo. So, and now when I poo... Come on, we're into it now. When so, I poo, I always use soap and wash my hands. What are you talking about? You're talking about every time you go in the bathroom, you're supposed to wash your hands with soap. Like, if I walk in the bathroom and fix my hair. No. If I walk in the bathroom and take a pee that's really quick and I wipe and wash my hands real quick and leave, I'm supposed to soap up like a fucking surgeon. No. Anything to do with the toilet. <laughs> all right, so so um, you're going to tell us what this movie's all about. Our other pre- pre-discussion was about, just a quick, like... The difference between someone in your guts to react to a social situation or to crawl away and just pretend it's not happening. That was our pre-discussion. It started by the paint by PETA people on fur coats. So, that was our... I'm not going into it because we're already into the show. (laughs) Yeah, but you skipped over. You're not supposed to skip over it. That's just rude. And the show is... What show? This show. The movie show. Night and Day. That's what you're asking me about, I, I'm right? asking you what it's about, but you're telling right. me other things. Yeah, because that's not the way the show goes. You're supposed to talk about what we talked about and the blah, blah, The blah. toilet was the... That was like a two-second thing. Okay. The movie... This movie... Um... Come on, get get on with it! That's oh. what Monty Python would say. Who would? Get on with it! Monty Python. I don't think I watched enough of it. This movie is kind of like... It's easy to describe. Action... Adventure. There's a secretive sort of spy kind of a guy and an innocent sort of doesn't know what's going on chick. And they meet up and in the pursuit of saving, not saving the world necessarily, but there's a big bad guy and 
some government conspiracies going on that through the middle of lots of gunfights and action sequences and uh, adventure around the world, there's a little love story going on. Hilarity ensues, would you say? No. Not hilarity. <laughs> this, uh, so I, I laughed a lot. All right. So, yeah, it did ensue. So, it wasn't uh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, the movie Night and Day, um, starring Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was um, fun, first off. Good action. Um, in a cheesy kind of... I would liken it to um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is a movie that I still really love to this day. Because it's a bit of comedy, bit of relationship, bit of action movie. At the same, Well, a lot of action movie. Mostly This one, mostly action movie. Because there's lots of action. Um, and I think it hit all the right spots. It was... Kind of ridiculous a lot of the time. But, in its heart, the actual thing that they were um, protecting was actually an interesting thing to me. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking about it this week. I don't want to spoil it, but the thing, the invention, or whatever it is, you know, what they've got in this movie is something that I was asking somebody this week, oh, why haven't we improved upon it I think it's that's enough said about that. They can watch it and figure out what it is. Yeah. So I liked that at the heart of the mm-hmm. story. Um, good performances. Did you like it? I had a really good time, and I just had to keep reminding myself that somebody, and, and when we watched the extras, sure enough, somebody said it. Some Hollywood bullshit talk, you know, well, we're going to have to take some reality and amp it up. And so it's sort of a fantasy reality, romance, action, adventure, take on the spy genre, you know, all that bullshit. And I had to keep reminding myself, okay, that's the intention here. Because a lot of it's just too, um, it's too borderline, like, you, you, you jump from one thing to the next to the next, and you have to just go along for the ride. There's not a, there's not as much sticking it together, like, say, in Bourne, when you go from one action sequence to another or thing. Now, I can justify it all, because I love Bourne movies. But this is a comedy. Right, but it's not a comedy to me. It's an action-adventure movie, and then they thread some comedy in there occasionally. There's a comedy, you know, moments of... Her reactions, because she's just a she's just a civilian person, so a lot of her reactions are from that, um, like being thrown into this, like ugh, you know. But to its credit, it's not as semi predictable, but not every moment is predictable. Like her reactions to things and the way that progresses is not what you totally expect. So I like that a lot, and it's not a typical, you know. Like, we're going to end up throwing them in bed together, and then there's some sort of bond and all that kind of shit. I mean, there's not... There's not there's, much of that, actually, is it? It's just a slow burn kind of a thing, you know, between... I like that, too. And I do like the action sequences. Some of them are pretty good. Some of it's a little heavy on the... Too... Not CGI looking bad, but too much CGI that just didn't... Yeah, there is didn't some look crappy. Right. There's like, actually the some... The one point when he pulls a guy out of a car, like, just with, like, with a little prick of his finger... It just was like, but, but it's completely fun. Like it's like comic. It's like a comic book sequence almost. Like the one where he's jumping from car to car yeah. and like landing in the window and talking to her all the while while he's shooting people and stuff. It's ridiculous, but it's really fun to watch. CG is like you said the the, the plane crash thing. Yeah, the CG was uh, really bad on that one. I was like, holy crap, this is really going to be terrible. Like, but it wasn't always terrible. The CG. It was just. It was more like. 
over the top. Like, yeah. like this thing wouldn't really be happening anyway. So it seemed ridiculous. Like when I'm what when I'm watching it, um, but it's like c- completely fun. And I said to you, I like watching Tom Cruise in action movie roles. And then I was trying to think about what other roles has he done recently. And he's mainly done action movies in the last what? Only ever. Well, no, he did do a lot of dramatic stuff also. Think of Rain Man. Think of um, A Few Good Men. I was going to say Top Gun. But Top Gun's in mm-hmm. the action category. But yeah, Mission Impossible series. Jerry Maguire. Yeah. He has only about three. Because you could even see Last Samurai, but there's lots of action in that as well. Yeah, there is, yeah. I so think I think he's really... I like him in the spy genre for some reason. I mean, I love the Mission Impossible movies. I really think they're great movies, all three of them. Great movies? Yeah, I really do. I think the third one was exceptional, to be honest. Great, like Magnolia? No, I mean great action movies. Okay. I prefer to watch them than a lot of action movies. I mean, they're just, you know, they're not silly. They're spy stories. Just so people know, Magnolia is basically in your top three movies of all time. So anytime you say another movie is great or it's a excellent movie I have to use that as your as, your, obvious, as obvious, your standard obviously Tom Cruise's greatest movie is Magnolia obviously and he's not even that big a deal in it so he is actually to me I, I actually his speech yeah but I'm talking volume wise he's not no he's not in it a lot no but the interview is more yeah it's really good yeah all of it any of his I'm silently judging you yeah uh-huh. it's good so but yeah, I love the Mission Impossible movies, and this, you know, while not like the Mission Impossible movies, he could be the guy from Mission Impossible. It's just got a light-hearted tone to it. It's not serious. Yeah. But it is kind of based in... I was going to say it's based in his... Him being a spy is kind of based in reality, because he is a... You know, he's an American version of a James Bond kind of guy. Mm. A rogue... Not a rogue. Um, what do you call it? Like a secret agent. That's what he is, like. But gone like a light-hearted born, yeah. Almost. Or, a light, or a James, a light. I was going to say a light-hearted James Bond before Daniel Craig was involved, because it was light-hearted before Daniel Craig stepped mm. in, right? Always. I mean, it was kind of action, but kind of nod, nod, wink, wink all yeah. the time. And that's what this is like. And it's not trying to hide it from frame one, is it? I mean, it's completely. I think if less people had got shot, I would have found it a little more fun. But I find that a bit over the top. Right, and I actually found some of the action sequences, even though you could say Night and Day is a comedy, which it is. In part, oh, I disagree completely. Well, I think I think it is. I I compare it to things like I know it's. I think it's better than these movies, but movies like what's the one with Harrison Ford and the woman and they're lost and they're escaping something or romancing the stone or those kind of movies where there's really? a where there's a relationship but something happening speed also. some shit like that yeah speed See, I disagree completely I think this to me this is action adventure and then the little comedy love things are just a little point here and there so I had to see it completely different and there's also a thread in this movie that's not about the love thing but about, um, like, if you were a spy... Yeah, don't don't give a... No, if you were a se- <laughs> secret agent spy who's not supposed to really exist in... You've got different identities, you're like born. Like a, a guy who you're not supposed to be the same person from one minute to the next. You would lose track of some things. Yeah, that's, that's enough said. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah um, I liked that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, I absolutely had a good time start to finish. I just thought it was, like, completely crazy. But, I can't say anything bad about it, really, because I completely enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, the CG was a little bad sometimes. But, I kind of excused it because it was a light-hearted kind of movie. It wasn't... It didn't really matter. I find it like more hard, like I said, if it wasn't just this constant, like, death toll. I mean, Jesus, what well, is... Well, he's a dude, isn't What is it, it with a, men? I actually... I thought the, there were some really cool fights, too. There was a fight on the a train. The fights I don't mind. I don't mind hand-to-hand combat where you're... It's clear that the yeah, person Yeah, but Bomb is, kills uh, all kinds of people. Doesn't kill all kinds of people. It's And it's he very kills. clear every time that that person is a bad James guy. James Bond kills people. Yeah, and I'd say the same thing. James Bond with the shooting and then James Bond getting missed like 90% of the time. That's another element of this movie and that I kept thinking this the is same Bond. Thing for, I, I like the fact that he's uh, Roy. A real good name for a secret agent. Why? Just Roy. It's just ordinary, like, you know? But I guess he's. I guess that works. James is pretty ordinary. That's a bit suave. Roy. James? Yeah, I think so. James. It's very. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's a very suave <laughs> British name, right? And Roy is any... There's Roy's no not, difference. There's no difference. Like Jack. <laughs> like Jack the super... Like Jack the secret agent. I think you're like some si- slightly insane. Because who... Uh, James is suave? Are you kidding me? Are you only... We had a king called James. Come on. That's not suave. That's just a name. He could have been called Mick. Who not King Mick? <laughs> but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so because it was a king and because it was a spy, that makes it cool? Or was James just cool? Uh, James just seems cool to me. Roy just seems very... I had a friend called Roy at college. Who was Rob not... Roy? He was like some kind of, some kind of that hero That was his guy. second name. I know, but I'm saying... That it was I'm kind talking of about first hero. name Roy. I had a friend at college called Roy who was not very sophisticated. It's kind of like a caveman. That's how I kind of see it, I guess. Okay, well, that's your own deal then. I think Roy is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can't. I think it's a really good movie. I think it's rewatchable. Also, I'm not saying this is the greatest movie of all time, but I think it's rewatchable. It's the best movie you watched today. No, I, I think it's rewatchable. I think it's fun. I was going to say I think it's suitable for like most ages. You know, like above the PG thirteen. Um, mm. What well, it is a PG thirteen? It's not. It's got one swear word in it, um, which is the. Uh, the allowance right for a swear word on a PG thirteen. You can say it once. They say it once. It's it's an appropriate time. When she says it. Oh. When she I gets remember. when she gets angry. Oh right. The F word, but just once. And and you know there was one in Armageddon. There was one in Independence Day. It, it's the one that you can have. It's it's at an appropriate time. So I, I just think it's it's fun in the if you if you like this kind of action movie. I'm. We, at the beginning of this Blu-ray, there was a trailer for the A-Team, the new remake of the A-Team. I also see that as in the same genre as this. And Wanted. It's over the top. It's... I mean, Wanted seems a little more... Wanted's a bit Not more Wanted. S- not Wanted. Or was it Wanted? Not the Angelina Jolie. The one with the super... Not superheroes, but they were army guys who had been disenfranchised or whatever. The losers. Yeah. Yeah, like, like that. It's like, but that even seemed more serious. But that had a bit... Because it was a graphic novel kind of thing. This and, like, the A-Team, we saw the trailer. I know that's based on an old TV show, but it has the same vibe. It's, like, over-the-top, kind of ridiculous, the stunts and stuff. But it's got a humour to it. Same as this, I think, if you'd like this. And I think they were right Mm -hmm. to put the A-Team trailer at the beginning of it, because it's the same audience, really. But this one, you could say it's got more of a relationship-y vibe. 
I was going to say for the ladies, but that would be offensive. Yes. <laughs> so I won't say that. But um, Who you call them, lady? <laughs> you know, the ladies <laughs> of the world. This song's going out to a lady. And what is your... Uh, now we're we moving on to the cast. Uh, if you say so. So, Tom Cruise plays um, Roy Miller. Um, I love Tom Cruise. I don't care what people say about him. <laughs> I, I, and I don't know what they say about him. I just hear negative things. I like your conviction. I hear some negatives about him. Yeah. I don't know why. He's a Scientologist. People Who cares? have the, people have the beliefs. Yeah. Crazy crazy beliefs or not. Um, <laughs> I think he not to be a cliched, but this is gonna sound cliched, he literally lights up the screen. He's a movie star, like he's got the everything about him seems professional to me. Like he goes into movies and gives it hundred and ten percent. He's like a he's like a powerhouse. Like I mean, whatever he's in be it like hokey like this kind of or something <clears throat> super serious like Magnolia I totally buy him I think he's we well we saw in the extras he gives it his all I know it's easy to say oh he gives it his all when he's like one of the richest people in films or whatever but that's what we were saying about you were like because when you see the extras and you see he does all of his own stunts without goes exception over the, but then I think to. and I said at some point some of these people who are making Hundreds of millions of dollars a year, because you know he's not just an actor; he does his film company and all that stuff. Some of them have to start sitting back and going, "Holy shit, am I?" You know, they're going to have a family member or know somebody or look at the world and go, oh "My God, what do I? How can I possibly be worth this to anybody?" I need to do something to make it worth what I'm getting out of it. Because he's literally. He really does stand on top of a car yeah, with does. no cables as he's driving. I mean, that was like, holy shit. He does shit that's dangerous. And mm-hmm. he does shit that most other actors, I don't think, would even touch. He Bruce just, Willis wouldn't do that shit. Well, we even saw in the extras, <laughs> Peter Sarsgaard was sat there basically <laughs> saying, he's mad, I, just, I don't know who do that stuff. If there's anything that I have to do, I'll let somebody else who looks like me do it. But um, I do think Tom Cruise is literally a movie star for... He will, when he's dead and gone, his movies will live on because I think, you know, you can say night and day and stuff like that. It's just fluffy. Yeah, and I feel like it's a bit. It does a bit too much of the packaged Hollywood star thing, like you're talking about the thing that you like. I think that's what I like. I find it unappealing. That thing where he does, they do like the money shots of him standing with, with the camera down with below the, and the sunglasses his hair and... semi blowing and the skies behind him, and he's like, I think that's intentional a lot of the time. I know, and I find it really. I am repelled by those moments or by the money shots where it's like it's clear that they want to zoom in on him from a certain angle and like get him all that stuff it's but like, I watch him now and he maybe I'm thinking he's like 45 years old around there right and I still see on the screen what I saw when I watched Risky Business it's just it's the same guy <laughs> it's literally the same guy he's got the same charm the same sense of humour and something that makes me want to watch him. Like, that's what I'm getting at. I want him to lighten up a little bit sometimes and not be Hollywood perfect man. I want him... There are a couple of moments where it kind of shined through. The story, I mean, he, like, li- he let he his li- guard down a little bit. He literally is Hollywood perfect man throughout yeah, this entire Yeah, but I like movie. his, like, like ugh, just... And then he's literally Hollywood perfect man throughout something like War of the Worlds or Vanilla Sky... Vanilla Sky had Cameron Diaz, right, as well. I feel like where the world was a more genuine, relaxed, not dun-dun-dun, but more of... I feel like that one... 
because Spielberg was at the um, behind the lens. And Samurai, I think that he he was broken down a bit more in it than than this, where he's you know. I'm, I'm thinking of him like this. He's just multi-talented. Because <laughs> chest and think shit. of the Last Samurai. It's very different from. Yeah. Think of the performance in Magnolia. It's a good dramatic performance. It's not a hokey performance, even though the character he's playing is kind of hokey in a way. It's a very dramatic performance. And then think about like a comedy like Risky Business or. Um, I mean, Risky, Risky Business to me isn't just a comedy anyway, it's also a social mm-hmm. growing up kind of movie, isn't it? Like a John Hughes movie. Um, but what else? Like in his Top Gun, you know, that is Mr. Hollywood smile at the camera. Um, Rain Man, a fantastic <coughs> performance, Oscar caliber performance. You know, he, he. Vanilla Sky. I like Vanilla Sky. And Cameron Diaz was in Vanilla Sky, right? No, it was that other chick, Penelope Cruz. Oh, right. I seem to think she was in it at I some believe. point. Um, but I just think he's a film. He's, I, no matter if you like him or not, I like him. <laughs> and you kind of. Uh, I do like him. I think I go back and forth. It depends. I've liked all of those movies that you've mentioned, but I want to. I want to. I want to take the gloss Born off. On the Fourth of July. There's one Born where he's yeah. less of a Hollywood. That's true. Yeah, I mean that's. A, I mean, even that's very highly packaged and trained, and you can see it's. It's That's about still as got a bit a of a gloss to it because Oliver it's Stone. the most. It's like I'm an intense actor who will learn how to be a guy in a wheelchair and an intense blah blah blah, and then that's what you see. And I want to see a little of that. Go- I want it to feel a little more like when I see Matt Damon in Bourne movies. Yes, he's being the action dude. Yes, and he, he has a lot. But of he's hero but moments. then there's there's a, a sort of like. Like a kickbackness about him sometimes. He lets down that Hollywood guard thing, and he just—I don't know how to describe. There's just there's more of that to him than there is to Tom Cruise. And I think Tom Cruise, like when he did um, the Thunder, you know, put on the fat suit and did the guy in the—I always forget the name of that movie. Days of Thunder? No, not Days. Of, no, there's another one. No, <laughs> no, the Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Where he's just being funny, like totally, like cuts loose, and it's just. So being... you want to see Tom Crawl, Tom Crawl, Tom Cruise <laughs> in a Paul Giamatti in Sideways role, something like that. I'd like to see him in. Yeah, there's Jerry Maguire, but still, they had a, a tiny I mean, bit of something gloss. Understated, a little broken. But you down. can't because it's Tom Cruise. It's really hard can. to break the stigma of him. Like, think... look, he looks like he does. He. I was thinking that I want to see him in something without the power, without the. Bravado. Without the white teeth and the sunglasses. Well, you can have white teeth and sunglasses. And what I'm starting... And a very to, perfect hair. What I'm starting to think might be a f- few bits of hair that have been glued on. But <laughs> that's beside, so. it's not Nick Cage hair yet. Um, and it looks fine, but I'm just saying... No, thinking, it looks too fine. Sometimes. It's like perfect. <laughs> There's not one hair out of place during Even anything. in the extras, when he's got his no, harness on for something, his hair just perfect. Like, it's... Uh, it's not Cage hair, because Cage hair doesn't look perfect. <laughs> It looks fucked up. Whereas Cruz has mastered the art of having the... In fact, also, this is interesting. Cruz's hair in Night and Day is perfect the entire way through. It is also the same hair he had in Top Gun, which was like 30 years ago. Well, Top Gun was a little bit pissed up. It's literally like... It's like he didn't age. I mean... Yeah, yeah. He's not... To be honest, he still looks really good. It's like he's not aged. (laughs) I think you're in love with him. Yeah. How about Cameron? Let's move on to Cameron. Cameron Diaz, right? Is what I think about Cameron Diaz. <laughs> I like her. She's really attractive and all that, right? Get past that part. 
She's but I can't. She's just Cameron Diaz in everything she is. Like yeah, like it's hard for me to. I think oh maybe she's going to do something different with this role, and then she's just herself. Like I don't know what herself is, but she's what she's done before in Charlie's Angels. Or she's charming and semi-sweet and kind of. And it kind of gets on my nerves oh. a little bit after a while. <laughs> like I like her because I do think she's charming and she's a movie star type. You know what I mean? She's she's got a good presence on the screen, yeah. but. I want to see her do something different. Like I'd like to see her do a serious role, but I haven't. Or you seen would it. like? Okay, I know you like Angelina Jolie as well. Yes, and I do sometimes. Same as me, it's hit and miss. But how she was in Mr. And Mrs. Smith, there yes. was like this sexiness, and then there was the edge, and then there was like the toughness. Cameron Diaz never has that. She's always. But the even yeah, in this one, the when you start, supposed to when you really. start leading her down that path, she still is. Not bumbling, but every girl. You know? She's the beautiful... And this one, of course, what irritates me... And this has nothing to do with her. This has to do with the character. They've made her like... She works on cars and she owns a garage. She's like insanely beautiful. beautiful. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I know. And I'm not saying beautiful girls don't do that. Women don't do that, but... But it's last like, time, I mean, the like last time you walked into a garage, you didn't see that kind of girl working on a car. Not even Never. submit the counter. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She wouldn't in real life. Not necessarily. No, I'm not going to say that. I would never say that Maybe because she I, would. I'm sure there are beautiful women all over the world who do all kinds of shit. I'm just saying in this movie, I mean, they take so a, they say, okay, what can we do to make her? Um, what do they say? Like, uh, we can identify with her, but we don't want her to be glamorous, too glamorous. We don't want her to be too. Whatever, and so that's she, what they so chose. So she carries yeah. car parts. She wears, yeah. yeah, she carries car parts, and she wears cruddy boots. There's a little bit of oil on her. Tiny and yet little bit. she's super beautiful, and then ends up always being quite glamorous. Um, but I like her. I just want to see a little... And I haven't watched a lot of her other movies. I've never seen some of the more... I don't even think I've seen a serious movie with her in. I think she's been in a couple. If she's been in them, I don't think I've seen them. Yeah. I've, se- I've mostly seen So it's unfa- unfair movie. for us to say that necessarily, but I would like to see her do something a little more... What we saw in the box last, right? Remember? The box? Press the button on the box. Oh, yeah. That was different. That was a little different. It was. Come on. Because she had to be serious. She did. But then... And scared. Yeah. (laughs) That movie was a bit... I forgot all about that one. Holy shit. That was a weird movie. Anyway, um, Cameron Diaz. Peter Sarsgaard, who I really, really like a lot. But I feel like he might be getting typecast. Totally. Like, over and over again. Um, plays Fitzgerald, who's... Um, Even when he plays a good guy, I don't like him. Because I think he's I always he's think lying. he's a bad guy. He's lying. He's yeah. lying. He's lying. No, he's good at that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like he's getting slotted into the same role over and over and over and over. And that's where we'll always see him now. Um, but I do like him. I, I don't know what we saw him in the very first thing. Was it Garden State? Yeah. <clears throat> As the and he's really friend. good in Garden State because he's like it's a weird character, creepy friend, but not creepy. No, um, and then we've seen him in other stuff, but I like him a lot. It's just don't I, I think he's whoever takes his whoever gives him his roles needs to switch him up a bit. Yeah, in and fact, I fear that if fact, you make him a good guy, I'm gonna be thinking the whole time. Um, yeah, you don't trust him. Yeah. In fact, that's the story of this movie now, isn't it? Like we just said, all three of the people we just mentioned, we said, yeah, we like them, but we're sick of seeing them do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, well, no, you're in love with Tom, just the way he is. <laughs> right, yeah. We've got Jordi Moller as Antonio. You know, he plays like the bad mm-hmm. guy in here. I feel like I've seen him a hundred times. Me time, too. And I really like him. And I don't know what I've seen him in. It's like one of them. Except there's one scene where he's in the car. I swear to God, 
any god that you choose, when he's talking in Spanish, uh-huh. speaking in Spanish, the voiceover yeah. totally didn't yeah, match. No, it, didn't. it was almost like watching. Okay, it was like watching a movie where the guy's speaking Russian and they're dubbing Spanish over fact, the top it, of it, and you still don't understand. In I fact, mean, it was totally the actual scene, and it's literally crazy. three lines of dialogue between two people. Took me out of the movie for a second. Yeah, because, totally. Because first off, the first guy who radios to his boss, who Jordy is his boss, says something in English when they weren't speaking to each other in English before. But he says it all in English. This guy says some weird stuff that doesn't look like it matches his lips. His mouth didn't match And then the all. other guy stops speaking English and speaks. <laughs> and I was like, why didn't they just have all that in Spanish and put subtitles up? Is that we too stupid for that? Like, <laughs> it was really weird. It was like a mixture of like the two languages. The Nazi one, Tom Cruise in the Nazi one, that was different. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. That was kind of totally can't. Where he started out speaking German, can't and think then of it, the name, and yeah. then it eased yeah, into it was weird. <laughs> it wasn't. It was still Tom Cruise though. Yeah. What was that movie called? I forget. We reviewed it. We did. It Starts that? off on the the plane on the. Starts with a V. Vianetta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Veracruz? Yeah. Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Right? Yeah, I actually like it. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. So uh, Paul Dano plays play Simon Feck. And Paul Dano, Dano um, I immediately recognized him. He's the guy from There Will Be Blood, one of the best films ever also. Yeah. Um, plays the odd kind of preacher dude. Um, it, what? He also is in The Girl Next Door. Um, he wasn't the main preacher dude. He was the yeah the 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 kind of enemy of Plainview. I need to look again because I thought that was the other. I thought this no. was just a young guy. No, got that's him, Paul Dana. All oh, right. Um, I think he's actually super talented, <coughs> but obviously in this movie, night and day, there's not really much for him to do. No. Um, and he's wearing this odd facial hair. That, um, <laughs> is not his own, obviously. I was looked like, bit, why? Looked a bit weak. Or could have been. It could have been. Maybe like, he can only grow that. <laughs> It just looked like really taped on to me, like yeah. taped on facial hair. But I like that guy. He's one to watch. And if you want to watch something, go and watch There Will Be Blood because he's amazing in that And movie. this is like the hapless scientist guy who gets sort of passed around. And <laughs> and I didn't mention um, Viola Davis, but it's brief, right? Who's she? The boss lady? Yeah. And also, uh, the dude on the train, I really liked him. I did, and I didn't put him German down. or Austrian, whichever he is. Yeah. He, oh, that was good. And it's also a good fight. I like that That was really good. Yeah. Any fight on a train, I'm finding that they're just good. Um, our Bond, um, 14, 13, 14-year-old nephew tells me that anything with a train in it is better. Because <laughs> well, whenever we play a video game and there's a train <laughs> level, you say, this, this, this game's automatically better because it's a train. <laughs> Excellent. So, um... There you go. So this is all. This is directed by James Mangold, who you might think you've heard that name, and you probably have, because he also directed Walk the Line with Joaquin Phoenix, um, Kate and Leopold, which was quite some time ago, and the awesome movie Copland, which was like the return to form for Sylvester Stallone at the time. He'd kind of dropped out of the Hollywood thing and came back. The movie's brilliant, Copland. If you've have you seen, I've seen it? it? Yeah, it's really good. Um, I liked the direction in this movie. I mean, it's got it's some really. It's got a really. In, I'm, I'm not talking just about the direction, also the DP, but it's got a really interesting look to it, and it's got a lot of different places. It's mm-hmm. like a Bond movie in that respect. You go to different countries, literally like 
every ten minutes. I mean, actually, there's only about four. So it you, feels like you're you all feel over more, the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, um, not uh, only does it change where you are, it changes the way everything looks just because of the difference in the places you're going to. I really liked it, liked it though. I thought there was some interesting ways of shooting action scenes, like from. I didn't expect like yeah. the, the car scene with Tom Cruise jumping around on the cars. There was shots where I was like, "We're hit!" Like I wouldn't have done it that way, but that's interesting. Like you know, it. But then there was some dodgy. Um, yeah, <laughs> I really liked. <clears throat> I thought it was an excellent shot, and we saw it a couple of times on the extras, where she's driving in the car and he's on the cop motorbike, and yeah. it go- and it's going up up a ramp, and she's going straight like up a mot- what do you call it, a freeway exit ramp. And the camera just looks for, like, literally three or four seconds. Instead of looking at the bike, it just looks at the top of the inside of the car, like a really boring... Right. Like, here's the interior of a car. Interior of a car, interior of a car. There's a motorbike flying through the air all of a sudden. Without a person on it anymore. It was really well... I liked that, because it felt like something like... um, Not to compare this with that, but, you know, Children of Men, that weird um, shot... The one take shot where they were in the car in the middle of the movie, where something mega happens. Yes, I think so. It was kind of a one tracking shot. Yeah. This was like that, and I didn't <clears throat> expect it because I was like, "This is just going to cut away in a second, but it didn't. I mean, it probably did cut away. It was using trickery, wasn't it, to mask the mm. cutaway? But I liked it. There was a lot of that stuff. Um, so directed by James Mangold. Now, now actually- is that Mangold? Is that a name that some men might give their um, friends? In their pants. Like <laughs> this gold. is my man gold. <laughs> like, like coins in your pocket. The, not exactly. <laughs> you mean sperm? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I see. It's a secret. Never mind. All right. So, <laughs> so um, the uh, Blu-ray DVD digital copy version of Night and Day. I'm showing you the cover. What do you think of the cover? Does it sum up the movie? Kind of. I'll explain. It's not, it's not I'll, I'll explain the cover. It's, it's um, not horrible. <laughs> It's Tom and Cameron on Your a friends, Tom motorcycle Cameron. Uh, with with guns. It does explain. It does kind yeah. of sum up the movie. I actually like. It's it. It's a little more interesting than a lot of action movie covers. Yes, but it's not. I still wouldn't have it as a poster. <coughs> you would. I actually do like it. You would like to have a whole wall covered with Tom's face. <laughs> not that <laughs> often. Um, I know what to get you for Christmas now. So, this is a three-disc set, and the first disc is the Blu-ray of the movie, and it also contains a bunch of extras. Now, you could kind of sum these extras up in one word, really, or two, couple of words. They're all the same, aren't they? It's like the same thing over and over again. I thought we only... We watched one... all of them, apart from two. They weren't the same. I mean, they're interviews. Well, I'm going to go through each one, yeah. but what I'm saying is they feel electronic press kit style. Like, well... glammed up. They're not fly-on-the-wall documentary, none no, of them. No, but I think that one was really good. Let me go through each one. Night and uh, <clears throat> Wilder Nights and Crazier Days. That's the first one we watched, which is literally um, background on the, yeah. the making of. It's kind of broad, this one. Like, here's this country we went to, here's this country. And they really do go to the places, which, instead of it all being soundstage, they went to all these places. Um, then there's one called um, Boston Days and Spanish Nights, which... Focuses specifically. Same thing. You're right. It is the same thing. On <laughs> the uh, filming in Boston and the filming in Spain, and then and you see a lot of behind, behind the scenes stuff with Tom Cruise. But whenever Tom Cruise comes on as a talking head, he's he's literally like a robot. 
he's going, yes, it was great to do these stunts and what a fun time we had. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the vibe I got from him. Yeah. He was just saying the same thing over and over again. Um, <laughs> like, sure he would like, appreciate that. Like, can I get out of it because I want to do something else. Uh, I, want, I need to do some stunts. <laughs> then there was a night and someday f- featuring the Black Eyed Peas and Tom Cruise. Now, this is interesting because we never watch music videos. But I'm kind of interested to see... To- I said, this says it's a music video with Tom Cruise in it. Now, that would be funny because maybe it's something like Tropic Thunder where he's dancing or whatever. So let's watch it. And it isn't a music video at all. What is it? It is just following that... How he decided... And contacted Black Eyed Peas. What's his name? Will I be? Will be I? Will I be? Will I am? Will I am? <laughs> Will I be? <laughs> Will I be? That's a good too. Will I be? Will I am? About making a song for this movie, and then they did, and then they go. To, he goes to a concert of theirs, and then after the party, I mean the after party, he shows up. And they play the song to the crowd, and he mouths a few words of it yeah it's not it's not a music video (laughs) but i mean up to that point it's interesting to see the dynamic and he's backstage at their concert which i found the most interesting thing was to see them sort of between like i said they had um fergie in like a plastic cage and you're like yeah she's about to go up like and you got to see her like right before they i mean they put on a show man and it was interesting to see that so that's a good one and he it was at the O2 Arena in London. It was um, my favorite uh, extra, actually, because I like... And we normally would not watch music videos, but mm-hmm. I had a, I had a funny feeling Tom Cruise was going to be dancing. And I like Black Eyed Peas a lot, so... So, yeah, and they wrote an exclusive song for this movie that you won't hear on their albums. It's for this movie. And it's right there at the end credits. Mm. Um, there's also Night and Day Story and Night and Day Scope, which are two other behind-the-scenes featurettes. And there's these two viral videos that I kind of liked. Really? Yeah, they're just like funny. Oh, it's so obnoxious. It is obnoxious, but in my opinion, just kind of. I'm fun. even. I find it obnoxious. You even like them? Just so that's in the how spirit of this movie, they're just fun. Like, and one of them's like them doing this awesome, like playing ball with each other, but like doing this like super professional what foot, what soccer. soccer players do. But it was... Was it CG? Because they can't do that. I said to you, Tom Cruise can do anything. Look at this, it's awesome. But I don't think he did it. Then there's one where Cameron Diaz kicks Tom Cruise into the lunch table. And he fakes that he's heard and stuff. I don't find them interesting whatsoever. I like them because they were just kind of unexpected. I don't know. Um, Then what else there is on this disc? And this is interesting. I've never seen this before. It's uh, called the BD Live Live Lookup Service, powered by IMDB. That is a good extra. Now, what is that? That is... When I went to the bathroom, <laughs> I came back. I had the disc You paused. said, oh, look. Yeah, it was paused. And you said, oh, look what I found. And I guess while you were paused, you popped up the menu. And on the menu, it had a search thing. You clicked on it, and there popped up the IMDb logo. And when you then click on that, it opens up. Basically, I mean, it's redesigned to match the menu and stuff. But it's the IMDb page of oh, that movie, movie so that you can go down the cast, click on the cast member, read all their IMDb details. You can then search, you know, the director. I think there's so good. many people. Because like you said, you're sitting there watching going, God, I've seen that Who guy is before. That guy? Now, I wouldn't stop a movie for that, but we do stop maybe once or twice occasionally to go pee. And that's a good time to go, oh, I want to look up that guy. You know. I think it should be on all Blu-ray discs. And it worked beautifully. And it works with IMDb. Obviously, you have to have a connected player. It connects to the internet. Gets It's instant. But mm-hmm. it's I was just browsing through, and it tells you all the... Mu- like, it'll say, in this uh, scene is Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. And 
you click Tom Cruise and here are all the other films he was in and here's what he's directed, here's what he's produced. The same stuff you'll get on the web, but right there on your player. Um, and I, I believe it's exclusive to Fox Blu-rays. It's not on anything else. Um, and then it also also you get a second disc, which is the DVD version of Night and Day, and a third disc, which is the digital copy disc. And that is it for extras. It's not heavy on extras. There's no commentary, for instance. Uh, I would have liked a Cameron Diaz Tom Cruise commentary, but... I guess they couldn't spare two hours of the I time. Don't really, I wouldn't, actually. I think the extras that you got, you get the vibe. They had a good time. They're two big movie stars. Everybody kisses their ass. They do their own stunts. Uh, I was actually else, surprised. What else would you want to hear? There's a, I mean. a scene where they're running away from bulls on a motorcycle. And there's a lot of CG bulls in the movie. Yeah. You can tell. But I was thinking there were all CG bulls and nobody ever went mm. near a bull. When you see Tom yeah. Cruise doing his stunts, he was near bulls, real bulls, running at the side of him. I mean, it might not have been as dangerous as it seems in the movie, but I give him credit. They do really do what they were doing. Everything seemed like they, they really did. They do what they do what they were doing. Yeah, there was no... Uh, I mean, yes, the CG bulls get very close to him in the movie, and the ones on the making of don't look like they're very close to him, but he does... He just, I mean, they do shoot for trying to get it real. And yes, those bulls don't look very good. No. I do like where they tip a car over, though. That was good. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, the bull from last week, not last week, the week before last week was better. Bit. That was a good bull. So, um, in conclusion, uh, Night and Day, I had a great time at the movies today, watching Night and Day. And I, I agree. Movie th- I think it's really fun. I'd watch it again. I um, like this kind of movie. I'd like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith Night and Day double bill. I do like Mr. and Mrs. Smith better. You liked it. You liked it so much. I, I, I really like it. I never it liked it as much as you did. I've watched it back again, and I still really like it. I just like in that one the the fact that they're it's like a bit like True Lies in one respect, and I always like True yeah. Lies. You know the yeah, the, yeah, the secrets and the, but don't know about. Um, so we what you want, you want Angelina Jolie and Tom Cruise to make a movie together. Have they? Have they not yet? I don't know. I guess they haven't, no. Yeah, but you want them to be action-adventure spies together. Yeah. Mission Impossible <laughs> 4. She's the femme, femme fatale or whatever. Uh, um, that's too cheesy for her. Come on. Well, she could be that, and Tom Cruise could be the cheeky spy guy hanging on a wire. <laughs> So um, thanks to Fox for the Blu-ray disc, and uh, I just want to say, yeah, I really liked it a lot. Uh, didn't know what to expect. Well, I did from the trailer, but it fulfilled <laughs> fulfilled what I wanted. It was fun, yes. Yeah. So um, if you want to enter a contest, see the site for details, aschoolie.com. If next week's DVD, uh, next week's review, um, it's supposed to be Inception, but my friends at Warner Brothers are having trouble getting disc to us on time so it might not be Inception hey we can rent it on the Sony store we can <coughs> we can review the extras true um, but if it's not Inception it'll be an- something else <laughs> so but hopefully it's Inception so um, movie recommendations for hopefully because I've seen it and I've never been able to mention it to and you. I've completely avoided everything to do with it since because I, I love Christopher oh, Nolan it's awesome I didn't want I don't know, really know what it's about. <clears throat> all I've seen is we went to the cinema to see something. There was a trailer. That's all I've seen. So, um, Recommendations for this week. I'm going for Mr. and Mrs. Smith because I believe it really fits with this movie. And Mission Impossible series. All of them. I do like all of the Mission Impossibles. I'm absolutely in love with the first one, the Brian De Palma one. And I'm also in love with the third one. I think the second one is a pile of turd. You like the third one because it's got your man. 
Phillips, the Hoffman. Hoffman. The third one's uh, or whatever his name is. where J.J. <clears throat> Abrams took on the series, and I think he really did a good job with it. I think the first one, which is Brian, classic Brian De Palma, it's like it's like a brand, proper Brian De Palma. The third one, which was directed by the second one by John Woo, I think was it was too John Woo. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? It was Tom Cruise on a motorbike doing a wheelie while she. Oh, that thing that. Ooh, yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. like it very much at all. Um, it's kind of. It's the weak movie in the chain. And they're actually doing Mission Impossible 4 next year, so be interested to see it. My recommendations, thank you for asking, are... Okay, I wanted to think of some old... Older. Pairing up of a dude and a chick where there's the awkwardness and it's funny, but there's banter. Now, this isn't a spy movie or anything, but it's called Seems Like Old Times with Goldie Hawn and Chevy Chase. Where... It's her ex-husband, but there's some things going on, and she has to maybe hide him out, and he's in trouble, and, you know, it's it's funny in that sort of... You have to really like that type of comedy. It's from the 80s, I don't believe. don't think I've seen it. It's quite good, actually. It's... it's Well, I don't know if I'd say it's good, but, I mean, it's charming, and I like them together. That's what I was thinking of. two people. Um, I don't call it chemistry, because that's boring, but whatever. And the other one is another pairing, not a man and a woman, but where there's advent- really good adventure, good stunts, and there's like this buddy thing going on, which is Shanghai Noon. Because I re- every time I watch it, if it's on TV, I'll turn it on. What did you think about the sequel to it? It's pretty much the same. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was well just one big But one. I like, I mean, I just like the, I mean, I like, what's his face? Owen Wilson, anyway, but I think and that's And you love good- Jackie Chan. I don't love him, but he's all right. <laughs> but I like that it's good action, really good stunts, good big, you know. I'll, I, so there's my Shanghai Nights and, I mean, Shanghai Noon. and Shanghai Star- Nights is the sequel. Seems like old time. Yes, it is. The the one that takes place in Britain, if I believe, if yeah. I remember rightly. Um, okay, so uh, games and A-School stuff for this week. I've been playing um, the new Wii game, Epic Mickey, which you can probably mention a little bit because you saw me playing it. Um is a long-awaited Mickey Mouse game for the Wii, which doesn't sound interesting on itself, but Warren Spector, who's the maker of Deuce X, which, uh, funnily enough, I actually bought a copy of Deuce X this week for 99 cents because they had a sale on it. It's an older game. I have fond memories of it, but when I installed it and started playing it, I was like, yeah, this is really an older game. Like, it doesn't live up to it. It was worth 99 cents. Yeah, it, <laughs> I didn't feel ripped off for 99 cents, but what I'm saying, when you play it on a modern-day computer seems to run a little bit too fast and it kind of looks shitty all the time but the concept of the game is good anyway epic mickey um i can't say i love it and i wanted to i like the message it's trying to but i find the game actually semi-boring which is interesting what mm. did you think of it i, mean, you, play, I just watched it some, a little bit i mean it looks good looks really good for a week I mean, it looks good. It actually takes advantage of what the Wii is good at, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uses re- the controls are really good. It's just... It feels like a platform game from, like, ten years ago to me. Like, there's no advances in it. Yeah, it's, but can't, it, can't a game just be fun? Why it's not really game? fun. That's the problem. No, you're it saying it's not real, fun because it it's not really, challenging. No, it, it... Actually, it is quite challenging, funnily enough, but for the wrong reasons. It's challenging because the camera is absolute shit. Hmm. And you miss half the jumps because you can't get the camera right. Do you remember the old days of games where... Well, not the old (laughs) days of games. Like five years ago where a lot of games got bad reviews because 
reviewers said, the camera is shit in this game. I can never get it into the right position. I miss my jumps. And it used to be a big problem. And along the way, it kind of got fixed. You know, people figured out, like Super Mario Galaxy, Miyamoto figured out how to control the camera. Like, you're not in control of the camera, but he is, so there's always a good angle on stuff. Well, Epic Mickey lets you control the camera yourself all the time. And 99% of the time, it's in the wrong place, so you're always having to fiddle with the D-pad to make it in the right place. Right. It kind of ruins the game. Like, it's it's annoying. I fell off things when it looks like I shouldn't. So like, if that wasn't there... It might be a bit more fun. Now, there's this whole dynamic in the game of... Mickey has a paintbrush. He can paint stuff, or he can use paint thinner to remove stuff. So the whole concept of the game really is like use this technique to uncover secrets or build bridges that aren't there by painting them in and stuff it's kind of fun idea but it's the camera that spoils it now i did get to tron world that's where i am now i'm in tron and i did the boss the tron boss which is pete from a steamboat willie but in a tron suit and you fight him it's kind of interesting especially with tron just being on the edge of coming out um and they used, uh, do you know, like Wii table tennis where you have to swing the bat by swinging the Wii remote? No, but I can, I Wii can imagine it, yeah. <clears throat> well, they use that um, technique to, because he throws the disc of Tron at you and you have to bound it back right. at him. Now, it doesn't tell you to do this. There's no, why don't you smack it back at him by using your Wii remote as a table tennis racket. So at first I was pressing my button and nothing was happening. And then I was like, let me just try something. And I hit it back and I was like, wow, that is cool. I like that they didn't tell you. Because when you do figure it out, you're like, wow, that's really a cool thing. So there's cool ideas in there. And the whole idea of this game is... um, Disney had a character called Oswald the Rabbit that existed before Mickey Mouse. And if you go and read up about him on Wikipedia, they had like a copyright issue with him. And another film company ended up owning Oswald the Rabbit. Then Disney kind of remade him into Mickey Mouse and the rest is history. So Oswald the Rabbit now belongs back to Disney again. They bought it back uh, not long ago. So now it belongs back to Disney. But it's kind of a forgotten... It's what made Disney what they are. It's the start of Disney. Yet, it's forgotten. Now, the game is kind of a tribute to these characters that people have forgotten. Even though Mickey Mouse plays the main role. All the antagonists in the game are characters who you might not know from the Disney realm um, who feel hard done to and there's a really like touching moment where there's like a statue in the square of Walt Disney holding Oswald's hand and Mickey walks up to it and the Oswald character is kind of saying this is why you know this is why this happened because of you like now I'm just nobody and I liked that idea and that's the idea that runs through the game that Mickey comes along. and Mickey feels bad like that, that there's all these other characters who so this baddie has built this alternate Disneyland or Disney World that instead of having all the Mickey Mouse stuff it has all these alternate character right. worlds so you know and they even class Tron as a kind of an out because I guess he was up to now because they made a Tron movie and then he just fell by the wayside, right? So it's an interesting... I mean, yeah, they're bringing Tron back now, but they didn't for a lot of years. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting take and all that stuff, but it's hampered by this bad camera. And, it, and it makes me feel like I might have liked it. 
and I heard like the Cadcast talking about it this week, and they said, "Oh, that might be a good game if it was on a high definition console." No, it doesn't need to be on a high definition console. It's not about the graphics. It's about the camera being better. So um, I don't know. They're just snobby, aren't they? Aren't? Yeah. I'm not playing it unless it's high definition. Well, it looks fine. It's not that. Um, second game we've been playing this week, played a little bit of, is Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which is Assassin's Creed 2.5. It's not Assassin's Creed 3. It's like the follow-up to 2, but not 3. But it's a full game in its own right. You saw a bit of this too. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood? Um, it looks good. Like, now, it looks good. The scope is amazing on this game. But like, I don't... They modeled you know, the whole of Rome in this game. It doesn't... I could watch it for a few minutes, and I kind of go, all right, well, all right, you did that. But I, it doesn't really hold my If attention. you're really into history, which, funnily, I'm playing it with my uh, nephew, who really likes the history of this. And, like, when he played Assassin's Creed 2, and you get to meet, like, Leonardo da Vinci, and you get to live through that period, and you get to, like, learn a lot about the war between the Templars and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, which actually continues in this game. I think it's a good game for a kid to play. God of War was the same. He learned, you know, about... Yeah, I mean, did. he knew about He knew gods about the characters. And, yeah. and this one's based on real things that happened. And in, in parts of history that people don't know a lot about, but are, we play this game and you know thoroughly about them. You know, little skirmishes and Leonardo da Vinci crops up in this one also. We, we haven't met him yet. We're probably going to play some more tomorrow. But um, I think it's really well done and it's an interesting... It's not overly fully original because it's yeah almost like the Matrix a little bit or some other stuff that you might have seen. But the idea of Assassin's Creed is in modern day there's this guy and we've invented this thing called the Animus, which is this bed that you lie on and you go back into the memories of your ancestors. And it happens to be that his ancestor was an assassin back in the 1400s. So you go back and relive through your through the animus in your memory the life of your ancestors and now in Assassin's Creed 1 you played the life of this first guy from the 1300s and now your second ancestor is this guy from the 1400s um, you play it through his but as you're experiencing it on this animus you're actually learning what he kind of like the Matrix where they say let me learn how to fly a helicopter and they kind of pump it into them well you you're learning how to all the stuff is rubbing off on you. Right. So in the real world, in this game especially, they're they're going from one place to another to set up the animus, and he's jumping and being all fantastically athletic, and the woman's saying to him, how do you do that? And he doesn't really know. It's just coming from right. his time on the animus. So, Soaking into it. Yeah, so it's an interesting concept, because you get to see this modern-day thing, and then this... And I, I'm excited for the third game, because I believe the third game will take place now when he's soaked everything up from his ancestors and he will be in the today, you know. Hmm, but isn't part of the fun is the history thing. It is, but I think once... I think it might involve history also. Because there's a flashback. lot of time between the 1400s and now. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think in the modern one, the new one will be modern. <clears throat> but I also think it will involve trips to the Animus to see other stuff in brief, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. Other ancestors, which is exciting. And... I like it. It's a good series. It looks amazing too. I think they've really recreated the city good. perfectly. Um, last but not least, I've been playing some more GT5, but I'm kind of waiting for my wheel stand to come because I don't want to. Which wanna... could be any time between now and March. No, I spoke to the guy, and it will be 
actually shipped on the 19th of December. Now, whether I get it for Christmas or not, I don't I thought know. he said maybe. No, it's, it's, I spoke to him, it's actually, it is coming in on that day now, from Hong Kong. You spoke to him, or you get email from him? Email. Okay. Uh, and that's, he said it will, it will be cleared on the 19th from the docks where they get it from. You know, they're waiting for him to come in on it. But that doesn't mean they can ship it to you on the 19th. You're I'm just it, saying, don't get your hopes up. No, I'm not, but it won't ship on the 19th. He said that. They will get them on the 19th. So it won't be shipping to you on the 19th. It will ship on the 20th. So um, I might get it for Christmas, or I might get it the week after Christmas, but even so, I'm going to hold off playing a lot of GT. So in my quest GT to... GT is Gran Turismo. Yeah, in my quest to hold off on that, I've been playing the B-Spec mode exclusively. The B-Spec mode, you saw me play a little bit of it earlier this week, is where you don't race at all. You tell oh, yeah. an AI racer. It's, it's a total separate... It's another mode to the game that you manage a guy... It's very rudimentary, but it's for some reason it's like compelling. I want to do it. Do you get what I'm saying? You tell a guy to race, and then he races, and you watch it. You don't. And while you're watching it, you you can radio him and say there's a couple of commands you can give him, like overtake, um, keep this pace, slow down a little bit, or pick up the pace, maintain pace. Um, so you've got those options to tell him. And he has bars where he's like, it's his energy and it's his mental health. <laughs> yeah, his stress level. Now, you didn't see this, but I've, I was running him too much. You actually have to turn the console off when he gets um, really stressed because it works over a period of time. Like, come back to it tomorrow. Now, I had his mental health right down at the bottom, and I'm serious. I, t- I sent him on a race, right? <laughs> and this, this was really funny because it made me laugh. He, he raced around the first lap in last. He couldn't kept telling him to catch up and he just wouldn't the second lap he come around a corner he drove into the dirt and turned the engine off and just sat there <laughs> and wouldn't go again nice and, I was and like, that's a safeguard so that because what you can do is earn money in cars with this guy yeah so it's a safeguard so that you don't just sit there and tell it to race walk away for half an hour come back tell it to race walk away for half an hour tell it to race for like days in a row so that you get all the shit yeah and then you go do your career this yeah, is yeah. like it has to pace you out so he just sat there with the engine off and the race ended and he got did not finish and i was like <laughs> great I, I wish there was a button where i could have a word with him like, <laughs> but anyway you leave it for a day or so you come back and he's got all his stuff back and then you can race him a bit more but it's a real fun it doesn't sound fun, but when you're watching it, you actually learn the tracks for yourself because you're like, oh, when I come to this track, yeah. I know all the corners. So it's an interesting um, B-spec mode, it's called. Um, so I don't want to race any of the races myself. I'm just going to concentrate on this guy for a while. Um, and finally, well, there's nothing. Next week, or this week coming up, uh, this week's game will be Tron Evolution, which is the sequel to Tron and the prequel to Tron Legacy. So it fits in the middle of the two movies. Um, I think it'll be interesting. You love Tron. It's possible, very possible, it'll be a really bad game because it's one of those movie tie-ins, yeah. get a movie out because there's a... Get a game out because there's a movie. It's very possible it'll fall into that category. Um, but hopefully it's at least some fun. I'm, I'm, I'll play it. We'll see what happens. So um, that's it for me this week. So what's for dinner, Sid Talk? For dinner tonight is going to be baked fries... And some baked, uh, you're going to veggie burger, and I'm going to have some fake That sounds like what I had yesterday. It is, precisely, because I didn't really want to cook. And then whatever vegetable becomes available from the freezer when I hunt it down. 
and while we eat, we will watch the um, X Factor, the finale of The Walking Dead tonight, right? Dexter, almost the finale of Dexter. And The Jungle, we got the finale of The Jungle. Oh, yeah. I'm a celebrity, get me out of it. Right. UK. I might be asleep by then. In fact, we should watch The Jungle first. Yeah, well, we Or X Factor. Yeah. X Factor's kind of tradition on Sunday night. It is, yeah. And what else from me? Um, I got a new cookbook this week. I had ordered it like a month ago or more because I heard it on a podcast. And I like, you got me Veganomicon last year for Christmas, which is a vegan cookbook. We're not vegan, but I mean, it's awesome. And I thought the same lady, one of the ladies who wrote that, wrote this book called Appetite for Reduction. Which, is, just a, which more, is a play on which uh, Guns and, it's a Guns and Roses album, right? Appetite for Destruction. It might be. And it's got like a yellow yeah, banner on the front. And she's... I don't think I brought it in here with I me. I think yeah. the cover's also... A right. And it's basically just more recipes that have no... Any dairy, eggs, or meat or anything like that. And, and there's really good ones. Like, What's interesting about that book, I picked it up off the couch. And I know it's called Appetite for Reduction. <laughs> but it seems a lot heavier than it might be when you pick it up. It seems like they... Um, it's not as heavy Recite. as it. Yeah, it's it's, it looks really heavy, but when you pick it up, it's nothing to it. It's like they used um, re- uh, recyclable paper. Diet paper. Diet paper. <laughs> and the other thing, and I'm just saying that was a good uh, good purchase, and when I ordered from Amazon, pre-ordered it, and then it just, when it does arrive or whatever, whenever they do get it, they just ship it to you. And I, I love, it was like a surprise, like a little Christmas gift right. to myself. And then this week, yesterday actually, I watched a couple of documentaries on Netflix. One is called State of Mind, which is really fascinating. It is about, it follows, it's like the first film crew, apparently, BBC and HBO made it. It's a documentary film crew, went to North Korea. And you don't think about it, but North Korea is like one of the most close, it is, according to them, like the most closed off country in the world as far as outsiders and filmmaking, any of that stuff. Because it is what they consider a true communistic, socialistic government country. And the concept of this documentary is how... What I get out of it is everything the government makes people do. Like, the government gives them their food and their shelter and their jobs. They decide what class you are. You're intellectual or you're working class or you're, like, the elite, like a government something or other like that. Um, So they give you your housing. I mean, there is some individualism. You can just see it in people. You can't help. People are just different, aren't they? Different personalities. So you follow these two girls who are do gymnastics. And they have this thing called mass games. And the way they made it sound... The whole point of the mass games isn't necessarily to have this big gymnastic presentation with, like, literally tens of thousands of young people on the field doing these amazing, all moving in sync with each other. They practice this two to eight hours every day of their lives up until they have the mass games, which could be once or twice a year. They don't always know what date. It might be canceled. It could be on the birth date of the guy that they now call the general, who's their leader, or the birth date of his father who died, who was the leader who was picked by Stalin, all this time. But the government decides, right? You might have practiced this for six months. And they, I mean, we're talking grueling. Every day, all day, or every day, two to three hours, before and after school, it's a very disciplined thing. And then the government says, well, we're not going to do it now. We'll do it in two months. Keep practicing. And the idea of the movie is that they are 
North Korean, the, the concept of their government or their belief is we are a socialist government or socialist country. The only one left that we can have our own socialism the way we want it. And the rest of the world is trying to squash our freedom, trying to squash our individuality as a unit, right? But then when you look at the citizens, they're all trained constantly to think as a group. There's no individuality allowed, like. That's what, you know what communism's all about. Right, but the thing is, the, con- the overall concept is the world wants to take away our freedom. And in order to make their country the way they think they want it, they take away everyone else's freedom. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, their state-run government, their state-run television is five hours a day, and it's constant propaganda. Either, you know, state uh, ceremonies or whatnot. But they're taught in school that the American imperialists are constantly trying to take away their freedom, that um, their view of the Korean War is also... I mean, it's like, who knows what propaganda we're taught. God knows what British people propaganda has been taught to them, you, over the centuries, you know, about how great your country is versus the rest of the world. It just is a fascinating... It's called State of Mind. And in it, it's like genius almost to show these two young girls who... You know, the overall idea is to train people to think as one, think as one, think as one. Everything you do is for the general. Everything you do is for the greater good. Everything you do is for the the group, right? But what happens to humans, even when you're a young person, you wake up some days and you don't feel like doing it. You know, the girls will wake up and they're really tired and they're like, you know, they just practiced for eight hours a day before and they were very honest. It seemed like they were allowed, even the, even the documentary people said... You know, it felt to us like everyone was free to say what they wanted and that you have to remember, you know, this is a very closed kind of um, uh, society. But they were just girls, you know, and they'd just be like, oh, curling their noses up and like flopping a little bit and be like, uh, just some days it hurts so much I don't want to do it. And then what happens when these girls show any any kind of dissent or any kind of like I don't feel like doing it, what happens all of a sudden they scoop them up and take them off to this mountain place where they say it's like the... Um, where the general was born, and it's a beautiful vista. It's our, it's our shining gem of our country, and then it's meant to inspire these girls then to mm. basically shut up and get on with it. And I just fat. And then as as much as they kept, like they showed them in school, and the teachers tell them the American imperialists want to take away our freedom. Well. well, no, but then you're you're hearing they get trained. The U.S. is this. You know, we've invaded Iraq. We've invaded Europe. We've invaded other countries because we want to take away their freedom. And yet, when you look at the one girl's bedroom, on the back of her bed, there's like Mickey Mouse. And there's like a Winnie the Pooh, which is a British thing, of course. And I just think, uh, you know, even when you're being not oppressed, because it, it doesn't seem that way. But even when someone's trying to take away everyone's identity as an individual, it just it, it just comes through. Like, you can't help it. There's going to be people who have... You know what I mean? They have to be themselves, even if the government is trying to kind of, like, squish it all down. But it's really fascinating. State of Mind. It's on Netflix. It's a great watch. And the other one is called Maxed Out, which it says on it's got Louis C.K., but it just features him a couple of moments. I think he had something to do with making it. I didn't investigate that. But it's about the credit, the world of credit, and how people are even led. And in this, it highlights, like, four to five different people who commit suicide 
because they've gotten into debt, and we're talking young people, even college students, a middle-aged woman who didn't, her family didn't know she had debts. And we're not talking about millions of dollars here. You know, 10000 12000 but the credit collectors keep calling. And then they show these two guys who start their own credit collection agency and how gung-ho they are and how it's like it's like a it's like a competition and we really love it when you really get in there and it's best to use things like we're going to call your neighbors, we're going to call your family and we can really embarrass them into like really feeling guilty. And what you find out in this is like say for example, and I'm not saying don't pay your bills. I've had bad credit in the past. You know, I found balance in my life and then in, you know, now pay my bills, but there are circumstances through life, right? What they say is, like, if you owe a credit card company money, after a certain amount of days, 180 days, legally, the federal government has told them, you know, you have to write this off if they're not paying you. So what they do then is sell it to the credit collection people. Oh, make people. sure they get it. Sorry. And the credit collection people then can do anything they want to get you to pay them the money. For any amount of time. Yes. They can call you. Until I mean, for ten, your whole years, life, for, until you're dead. I mean, they you buy have, the debt off them. Correct for a fraction of the cost. And like I said, I'm not saying buy a bunch of shit on your credit card and don't pay it back or anything like that. But you know, in one case, you know, a woman's husband died, and then she was left with the debts, and she had no income. And you know, I'm not a sucker for sob stories. Trust me, I think people need to just suck it up sometimes. Just like me, I throw my hands up. I didn't pay my bills. I had bad credit. I had to wait till I was 40 to buy a house. You know what I mean? There are people who, but there are circumstances. Yeah. And then they highlight the fact that when you go to a college campus, like on a career day and stuff, or when you go to sign up for college, they have credit card companies that pay the colleges to get on the campus. And sign up kids, they give them a free t-shirt, give them a free cap, give them a free I do remember when I was at college. It's absolutely fucking evil. Well, when I was at college, um, literally, like, when I started college and filled in all the enrollment papers and everything, literally within, like, three weeks, I kept, through the post, I was getting, now you're at college, why not sign up for a credit card? And I I had access to so many credit cards. It was was crazy. And the thing is, you know, I did that. I signed up for a couple when I was in college. That's how I started down my bad path, because... I had one, and I... The the limit wasn't very much. It was £200. Right, I think mine was 1500 Mine was £200. And I literally spent that within two weeks. Yeah, of course. And then I had to keep paying it back for about three years. Right. And it was only £200. And two of the young people in the story who got into credit problems in college commit suicide because right. they don't know how to tell their parents they don't know how to get out of it and because the debt collectors calling them yeah harassing and i'm telling you i've had calls i've had a person on the phone say to me well good people pay their bills ma'am i don't care if you have to go out on the street and make this money you charge the money you owe the money i was just like you need they say things like well go you have a car right Oh, yeah, I need a car to go to work. Well, I guess you don't have to have that car. If you sold that car, you'd be able to make a payment. How about your family, ma'am? Would you like us to call your family? Because I bet your family has some money, and I bet you would be embarrassed, wouldn't you, if we called your family or your friends up and asked them to pay your bills for you. Does that make you feel like a good person, ma'am? I mean, I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not advocating being a dickhead and not paying your bills. What I'm saying is it doesn't devalue you as a human being because... You haven't figured it out or because you're behind. And when someone starts pecking at you, I know what it feels like 
to want to fucking die because you think, I can't deal with this again. I can't listen to the phone ring again. I don't want to come home and have 10 messages on my answering machine of people threatening me. I don't want to go to work and have a message that someone called me at work, but they wouldn't leave. You know, they only left a number. Please call them immediately. You know, that it's like it. it so the lesson is pay your down. bills. No, the lesson is. Well, that's the first lesson. <laughs> but if you find yourself in a circumstance where the money and debt, it feels like it's crushing you, just pluck all that out of your mind and set it aside and think about what life is really about. Owing money is not your life. You know, owing money is what it is. And you will work it out. And you can make amends, and you can catch it up, and it might take forever, but you can do it. But the idea that there's something bad about you because you owe the money, if it's an honest circumstance, or you're just like me, I was just an idiot. I truly, I can't say anything different. I was stupid, I was greedy, I wanted to drink more than I wanted to pay my bills, I didn't give a shit. That was the truth. I mean, you know, and then you overcome it. But it is not a, it's not who you are. And it's not worth being depressed about, and it's not worth taking your life over. It and it's sounds not like worth you would anything. be depressed watching this documentary, though. Um, no, because you know what it does? It empowers I mean, you just what I'm themselves. saying. No, what it does is it empowers you to say, you know, I get it. You know, I owe money. Okay, I'll pay it. Don't judge me. Don't put me down because of it. Don't make me feel like shit. And it's, you know, it's just a really hard thing. I think people, it is hard to cope with. You feel like you're worthless and it spirals out of control. And then you got to just listen to somebody like me who says, look, you know, just it, it isn't a reflection on who you are. It is a thing that's in your life and you will take care of it. Don't let them get to you. Make sure that when somebody does call you, there's a debt collector and they start giving you all this bullshit. You just give it right back. Don't cry. Don't get don't get all sappy with them on the phone. Don't agree to anything. You tell them, do not call me again. I want your name. I want your address. I'm going to send you an official letter from an attorney. Do not call me again. Just do that. I actually recorded one guy, remember, a few years ago when I was getting my credit straightened out and he was giving me some shit. And I was pissed. And I'm like, we're recording this shit. And I told him on the phone because he was getting really snotty. Do you remember that? And I said, well, I am recording this phone call, by the well, way. Well, because of so a that- student loan or something. Um, I can't remember if it wasn't a student loan. Yeah, it was. Like an old one. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Not yeah. <clears throat> and I was what I was calling about was to get it paid off, and he started giving me shit, like giving me that whole spiel about being a bad person and blah blah blah. And I was like, I'm calling you to get this fixed. That's the point. And then I got irritated, and then I recorded it. I told him I was recording it. I want your name, your number, your address. They never want to tell you where they are. But I said, I, I'm insisting. You, I want your address so I can send you a letter. Never heard from him again. So, you know, there are a lot of other worse things in this world than owing money. Just remember that. <laughs> that's all. So that's your edition of Debt <laughs> Counseling Weekly? That's my debt counseling. Pay your bills when you can. Don't make choices like I did where your fun is more important than your debts. That is not a good way to go. If you find yourself in that situation 10 years too late, fix it. But it... it don't let it wear you down. Next. My next thing is... Lo- I love Netflix and YouTube. <laughs> Obviously. And YouTube, I find, you know, the great cooking things. And now Robin's, uh, what is it? Uh, Vegucating Robin, which is the Robin from Howard Stern show. 
Robin Quivers. A, Robin Quivers, who's now going to do recipes for vegan food. You know, which, I mean, she's not just she's been a vegan for many years. Right, she's, right. Uh, doing like and a she's, education. She's full blown vegan. She's a full blown vegan, in. but she never learned to cook. Right, that's the idea of her because she's too busy to cook. And you know? it's the same thing. Like if you decide, oh, I don't want to use lots of fat, and I don't want to use lots of sugar, and I don't want to use lots of any. You know, I want to cook more healthy, I suppose, because it is a pretty healthy way to cook. I think she's I, the one we've seen so far is pretty good, so I'd watch and that. And make a nice stoop, <laughs> yeah. as he calls it. Yeah, um, yeah it's um, they make a bean soup. It's really mm-hmm. it looks really good. Um, yeah, vegetatingrobin.com. Right, you can subscribe, and you can actually subscribe on YouTube as well. So, you and it's not like da, 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 it's not like vegan preaching or anything. It's just cooking. So yeah, here's something that looks good. And, yeah, she in fact she didn't even mention it so much about why or anything, did she? She just like here's some stuff we can mm-hmm. cook, and yeah. that's how I take it all anyway. Is that I just like to cook different things, and you know, in my life, I'd never. It's like a foreign concept to bake a cake without eggs and dairy and butter. And if I can learn a way to do that, look what I've just eliminated. Like, you know, I would rather eat half a cake <laughs> than one small piece of cake. So if I can eliminate half the fat, there I'm I'm home free. <laughs> You'll eat half the cake. Yes, I'll eat half of it. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm I'm an extreme person. I like all or nothing. That's probably why I have bad credit. That's why I have a big butt. That's why I drank ten years of my life away. That's why I only marry men from other countries. You know, I like I like a, things to be big and bold. <laughs> and then the last thing is meaning of life, we which I'm going gonna, gonna to mention that every week because part of it is <clears throat> what I just told you about debt. Money doesn't define you. Being responsible, yeah, be responsible. But I mean the oh. debt thing. Oh, and you dead. put the Christmas tree up. I put the Christmas tree up, and it's lovely, and it's got a bunch of packages under it, which are not they're they're not from me. So they must be from you, and you don't give packages to anyone except me. So lucky me! <laughs> I'm excited, <laughs> I and I got an email with some suggestions. Here's what I would like, and now I don't have the you normal. Ask me. I don't have the normal husband who's just like, well, I'd kind of like maybe some DVDs, or I'd kind of maybe like some this or that. There's like links to the actual thing. Here's what I want. There's no good Here's if it's not I the actual. <laughs> I don't want nothing like oh, one that's similar to that. I want that one. <laughs> Which is so much fun. Yes. Yeah. So, but you did ask. You said, I did. You said, "Tell me five things," and I could think of three. So, right. I gave. And you, you bought the other two. You bought the wheel yeah. and, the, and the stage. So that would have been five. Yeah. All right. So, and those things. If you were buying me some gifts, even though I've told you what it is, those but the most things I'd be happy about. Right. So that's good. Yeah. Rather than. You get me something not knowing if I like it, and I don't like it, and say, what a pile of shit. Have I ever given you anything that you said was a pile of shit? No. All right, then. Last year, year I surprised you. You got your PS3. Yeah, the PS3 was a complete surprise, and I love it. play it every day. Yeah. Now Gran Turismo's, I guess, a lot more, you know. So, anyway. I could just wrap it back up and give it to you. (laughs) So, thanks for listening to the show. That's the uh, end of the show. Uh, I want to remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, mentioning YouTube. And uh, you can get this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or the RSS feed. Just go to ascully.com, A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com. Click on the word podcast. All your subscription options are there. You can email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com, sidtalk. Uh, at sidtalk at debtcounseling.com <laughs> no. and 
uh, I was going to say, uh, stay classy, Mr. Cruz, because they're still classy. And they... How old do we think he is? 45? I think 45, 46. Yeah, I do too. I'm going to say, at the beginning of this podcast, I was a little irritated with you because you're bringing up my hand-washing habits like it matters. But now that I'm looking at you for half an hour, I'm, I'm over it. So Good. <laughs> I'm going to say... I was irritated that you had dirty hands. <laughs> and you might have, no. I'm rubbing them all over your microphone. <laughs> my hands are never dirty. That's just bullshit. I'm going to say, think for yourselves. Wash, wash your hands the way you want. And think for yourselves, people, or someone will do it for you.